Well, hey there. Welcome to the In Context podcast. Uh, normally, I'd say like good morning or we're hap- you know, happy to have you join us. Uh, this week is weird. Um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like good morning is uh, appropriate in the context of the stuff that we've uh, seen in the news headlines yeah, over the last. Dark, it's been a dark few week. Days. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough week from a variety of standpoints. One, if you're a Christian and you have heard about or read anything about the kind of the scandal, the abuse cover-up scandal in the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. If you've read any of that, it's rough. Yeah, I mean it's really rough. Uh, especially I have, you know, ties, historical ties to the Southern Baptist Convention. Some of my best friends yeah. are Southern Baptist pastors. Yeah, I went to I went to a Southern Baptist school for undergrad. Uh, grew up in a couple of different Southern Baptist churches, so I've got friends who right now are just done with the SBC. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. lifelong. Their parents are, pa- you know, maybe pastors serve in the SBC, and they're di- they're just done. Um, and we'll get we'll get into a little bit of that. But then you've also got, uh, um, I mean, there have been multiple shootings over the last few weeks, mm-hmm. um, but the one at the elementary school in, mm. in Texas yesterday was particularly difficult. I think the count was 18. 19 children. Ki- yeah, and children. Two adults. And, yeah. Well, I mean, the count keeps changing, unfortunately. Sure, right. Uh, that was the latest I saw. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't, you know, I know that uh, the, the, initial, the initial response for Christians maybe would be like, well, we need somebody to give us, you know, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we, what's, even what's happening right now, the frustrating part of some of what's happening is people are either jumping to some sort of rationale or defense or people on different sides of issues, and both of those situations mm-hmm. are arguing uh, yeah. preemptively. I think they're not even taking the time to um, appropriately process and grieve what's and, happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and so that's really what we're going to do today. We don't have a polished statement to make right. on these subjects. We're just going to process together. Right. So this is very unpolished, <laughs> and uh, but that's okay yeah. because you know if there's any tie-in to what we looked at from Hebrews 13 this last Sunday, you know, uh, with that kind of laundry list of instructions at the end of the book, part of the sense is that we need to be ready for many unpredictable scenarios to sure. hold fast to, the, to Christ. And right. uh, life is more than just gathered worship. Worship. Uh, worshiping the Lord is what we do as we go out in all of life. And so how do we navigate these kinds of just gut-wrenching reminders of evil? They're heartbreaking. How do we navigate them with faithfulness to the Lord in, in you know, from, again, in the context of Scripture, in the context mm-hmm. of the gospel? That's all we're going to try and do today. Right. Um, so I wrote down three thoughts and because of you, they're all illiterate. <laughs> You've made a monster out of me. Um, no, but I mean, I just, the three words that popped into my mind initially were like process, pray, and posture, right? Mm, like, mm-hmm. so, but like to kind of start with, with where, where I would spitball from is the, this uh, pressure to immediately yeah. formulate a position, e- yeah. even if it's to tell people, hey, I'm praying, yeah. right? I get that. 
I understand. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we want to be, we want to appear to other people yes. that we're compassionate. And just because you're posting, hey, I'm praying, that doesn't mean you're faking it. It's Correct. probably real. However, I think we, we even rush past what's the appropriate way to think about a world in which the largest uh, uh, Protestant denomination is now embroiled because multiple men in leadership have sexually abused mm-hmm. and you know mentally abused with with other people covering their yeah. sin. Yeah, like there's just that's yeah. going to take some time to think through. First of all, absolutely, right? absolutely, and and I think the risk that so there's there's pressures. It's another good P word there. It there's pressures yeah. that come from multiple directions. There's the pressure to just like you said, immediately, I, I need to make a statement because right. nowadays it's not just corporations and institutions that make statement. Individuals yeah. all have to make right. And again, there's nothing wrong with expressing outrage, grief, publicly. We feel the urge to do that, and right. I think there's something good in that, that, that right. this, this demands reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, it, it gets mixed up with the politicization of everything where yes. yeah. my statement may not just be what's, I feel like I need to say from my heart, but what my audience needs to hear me say in this moment. And uh, so there's that pressure. I think the other, maybe not pressure in this case, there's just a challenge of numbness. Like, um, so, you know, I think more so with the school shooting than the sex abuse scandal. Right. Because again, we you said there's multiple ones this week, right? It's just yeah. it's become yeah. such. This was just the largest one. An, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the risk of allowing things like this to become noise or to dull us to the outrage and and just evil ugliness of the whole thing. And, right. Um, so it is. It's a challenge to even know how to begin. You know what what do I think about these things? And and I think you know. Starting with the SBC scandal, I mean, you you made some pretty um, sobering reflections before we started recording. Mm-hmm. It's not just the the gut wrenching nature of the cover up; like that is outrageous right. and everything. But the fact that there were so many people that had to be covered up. How do you not know? Yeah, like that. Like, just it just made like it's it's hard for me to not have a visceral reaction. You know, like we're not. People are not sinless, mm-hmm. right? I've, you know, my daughters, I've got multiple daughters. Four, our four youngest are all daughters. The biggest, my biggest prayer for them is always that they wouldn't fall prey to a guy who's predatory, right? I mean, I want Amen. them to have a godly man. So the context I would prefer to put them in would be Christian contexts. Contexts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When stuff like this happens, it feels like you have no, as a father, you're like, is there solid ground to stand on where there are, you know, this level of sexual lechery like leaks into leadership in the church? I'm not saying these are guys who go to church and claim to be Christians. These are these are guys carrying the banner of pastors. These are leaders. Shepherds. Yeah. Who are abusing women and getting away with it for years. 700... Uh, offenders kept on a private list, like the so the leadership knew who they were, and kept this sickening. One of thing them was a president. 
Yeah. Yes. I mean, re- yeah, an SBC president. Yeah. yeah. The sickening thing where we think that we're protecting the reputation of the church by allowing people to prey on children without consequence. No. Like, what kind yeah. of jacked up. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't even figure out the right word. I can't figure out the right word without, without profanity. <laughs> the, the appropriate <laughs> podcast word. Um, I mean, there, there's just some sickness. There is a rot. There's a sickness that allows something like that to fester where... Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a good look for Christ's church would be an understatement. <laughs> it... It begs the, I mean, wheat and tares, right? And again, these mm-hmm. are this is just spitballing stuff. But when you talk about stuff like wheat and tares, I think a lot of times when we think of the church, we think of, you know, the wheat and tares being these Christians who are super serious and doing work for the Lord, yeah. and then those who just kind of float in and don't, quote unquote, don't do much. I think this is one of those scenarios that helps you see wheat and tares can be people who have a fantastic resume. Yeah. But are rotten, yeah. just rotten. Lord, Lord, did we not cast out <laughs> demons in your name and prophesy in your name and do all sorts of great works in your name? Right. And apart from me, I never right. knew. Yeah, it is. It is a sobering. So obviously, within all of this, there is one obvious um, uh, reflection: is there's a warning, right? There's yeah, a warning for, for sure. everybody. Uh, one, not to let our guard down against the deceitfulness of sin. And Shoot, evil. yeah. Be careful um, if you think you stand, lest you fall. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and a warning to not allow ourselves to fall into the idea that public repute, like it's that it's somehow worse for the church to deal with its sin mm-hmm. healthily mm-hmm. than it is to admit that we have anything to deal right, with. Like right. Like that is just backwards right. and and antithetical to the gospel. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the, these kinds of warnings of, no, we have to be able and willing to go there and, and to recognize that uh, but we're not immune from any of this stuff. These pastors read the same Bible that we do. Yeah. Uh, many yeah. of them preach, at least verbally, the same gospel that we do. Oh, some of them are probably great preachers. And, and, <laughs> and so what's the difference? I mean, but yeah. for the grace of God, there go I. And so we must be vigilant on our in our own context mm-hmm. to guard against the deceitfulness of sin right like it's it's still crouching at our door yeah. daily and and to think that it's not a threat um so that's at least one reflection i have is just the sober warning um, yeah well and even as even as we process it i do think also I don't want to say allowing ourselves to process, processing biblically. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how should you process things when there is rot in the church? Yeah. I, I present to you Nehemiah chapter 13. <laughs> uh, in those days, 20, verse 23, in those days I also saw Jews who had married women from Ashdod. Am, am, now, that's a different context slightly, but I, I'm going to get to a point here. In those days I saw Jews who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, Moab. Half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or one of the other peoples, but could not speak Hebrew. So the problem there was they were very clearly told, hey, don't intermarry, you know, you, uh, by God, this is the standard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, but because they were, you know, partially horn dogs to, if, if we want to be honest about it, yeah. like they just started pulling women. Well, here was Nehemiah's response. I rebuked them, cursed them, beat some of their men and pulled out their hair. 
I forced them to take an oath before God and said, you must not give your daughters in marriage to their sons or take their daughters as wives for your sons or yourselves. That's a, that's a pretty measured response yes. by Nehemiah. Yeah. Like, I cursed them. I beat them. I pulled out their hair. <laughs> I got them out of the church. Now, I, I'm not advocating physical violence, but one of the reactions that, I, that I'm seeing to, the, like, in particular, this scandal is anger. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I see a ad, adverse where people are almost frustrated with people who are angry about it. Yeah. Listen, this is an appropriate thing to be angry about. Absolutely. If you want to talk about like the the cases in which righteous anger is warranted, this is one of them. Yeah. So as we as we're processing through it, yeah. I do want us to 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 be understanding that Scripture does not condemn anger when it's towards the right things. Yeah. Um, yes. And this is grievous, heinous sin. Yeah. These, the guys who are the perpetrators, like, should be measuredly punished for yeah. this. They should never be in ministry again, in my opinion. Most of them should be in jail. Correct. Mm-hmm. So the response to this, but the response is we're thinking through it and processing it. Like, even, like... We'll be able at some point. We'll be able to form that that measured response mm-hmm. opinion. But right now, I think we should all Christians should be we should be angry. Absolutely. We should be angry at the sin. We should also be angry at the perpetrators Absolutely. who covered the sin. Yeah, the the ones who were who were uh, um, abusing young women and the ones who were allowing those men to abuse yes those women yes. and children. So and and the same thing like in in giving others space for that same anger like Correct. sometimes right. my anger is okay but if your perspective is different than mine politically your anger is just showboating right, right? and right. so giving people space to react honestly right. and and be angry i mean right. listen to what jesus says about those who take advantage of mm. children right this is matthew 18 yep. verses 5 uh, to 6 whoever receives one such a child in my name receives me but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. Mm. Now, his context is obviously more specific than just general treatment, but there's plenty of places in Scripture that have that same idea. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the passages that comes to my mind is Psalm 10. Mm. And here's where... You know, a second, I think, maybe reflection for me is that thoughts and prayers are not a dirty word. Like, right, I know right. that it's become um, kind of uh, trendy to bash on anybody who expresses their thoughts and prayers after right. a crisis, right. whether the crisis is the SBC thing, a shooting, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I get that um, in terms of there does come a point, a place for action, and people are calling for action. So I Agreed. get get where that comes from Mm -hmm. it's also become a virtue signal uh such that now you you feel hesitant to express your thoughts and prayers or you have to qualify them no i actually do believe that prayer work you know that should be one of our first reactions as well and and psalm 10 is a wonderful prayer for moments like this i'm just going to read a few verses from it um why O lord do you stand far away Mm -hmm. why do you hide yourself in times of trouble there's a there's a sense of God's absence in moments like this, like, mm-hmm. Lord, where are you? And that's, this is the Psalms giving voice to what we feel. So it's like we're, yeah. you know, we've talked about lament in the past. Yeah. This is another example of that. 
And then he describes the situation. In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Mm. Let them be caught in the schemes that they've devised. Mm -hmm. For the wicked boasts of the desire of his soul. And the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. Mm -hmm. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. Mm -hmm. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. In all of this, verse 11, he says in his heart, God has forgotten. He's hidden his face. He'll never see it. Like, there is... I mean, I, I can't think of a better description of someone who... The, the mindset that, that someone must have to commit the offenses that we're talking about today. That's demonic. Yeah. It's, pure, it's purely yeah. demonic. And, and so the answer then in the psalm, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Right. He turns to prayer. Right. Prayer for justice mm -hmm. uh, and prayer for mercy for the, for the oppressed. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, here's the deal. When we, when we kind of um, uh, cast aside thoughts and prayers or prayer in, in specifically um, as, a, as a, a right response... We're basically saying, God, we've got this, and I think we can fix it on our own. We don't really need you in this moment or in this situation. And I mean, so there's there's a there's a subtle arrogance that comes out in that posturing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you no know, prayer is the right first response. Agreed. Again, it's not necessarily the only one. Right. Uh, especially when these problems keep happening again right. and again. Right. There comes a point where you can only hold your hand in the flame so long before you, you have to take action yeah. to either put the flame out or remove your hand. Right, in both situations. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so so action matters, but prayer matters. Right. And, and I think we've got to continue to hold that forth because we're calling on the God of the universe who can actually do something about it that right. we can never do. Right. And who will. Right. Like he will bring justice. You're going to talk about this in a few weeks in yeah. Psalm 37. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, the ultimate answers, because as much as when you get into action, you know, we can pass laws. We can do all sorts of things. Right. The best that a human law can do is restrain evil. It cannot eliminate it. Can't it can't overcome evil. It can't right. overcome it. It can't eliminate right. it. It can restrain it, and yes. we should talk about that. We should yeah, do those should things. We should talk about it, yeah. But the answer to evil, ultimately, is the cross right. or the final judgment. Right. Yeah. Those are the two places where God deals justly with sin and evil, yeah. either on our behalf, on the cross where Christ took it on our behalf, yeah. or for those who do not surrender to Christ, they will receive it in themselves in the final judgment. But justice will be served. Yeah. And there's this, I mean, there's historic context. You've, you brought this up even in Scripture. Like when you think about the, the shooting, I mean, there are multiple times in Scripture where, you know, a, a ruler decides just to slaughter Babies mm -hmm. slaughter slaughter the the little boys to pre prevent you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, something from happening. Right? Yeah, and then the idea of you know uh, a, a weeping that that is inconsolable, an inconsolable weeping yeah. as a result of that. Yeah. And th that's where my mind goes first, right? Like what what you just said. Prayer is not prayer should never be 
like just kind of tossed aside as well that's not doing anything and and not not just for God to act yes for God to act but also for God to soften our hearts yeah to where we are no longer unfazed mm. by seeing a headline mm. that tells us that almost 20 children were killed yeah. in the middle of a school yeah you know that if if we if your initial response to that is to try to jump to whatever uh, political orientation side you have on that particular issue, yeah, you got a real problem. Yeah, like if your if your initial reaction to that is, uh, oh, this is going to negatively affect you know my liberties, or if your initial reaction is you know whatever side of the political spectrum mm-hmm. you land mm-hmm. on, if mm-hmm. you're looking at that primarily from I've got something to say about my position rather than just sitting and mourning yeah. and weeping and praying for extra compassion for those families who will you'll never get over that yeah you'll never get over yeah. that i mean like i know that you know god can bring healing of course but like just stop if you especially if you have a kid mm-hmm. you'll never get over that yeah i mean that will that will always hang with you yeah so for heaven's sake please like ask God for compassion yes. first and foremost, and then trust Him to handle the justice. Yeah, our job is is compassion. It really is compassion. Our job yeah. is compassion. Yeah. God's job is justice. And to your point, we can, you know, there's an appropriate time to say, okay, what can we do? Yeah, to help this not happen. But if we do it without compassion, it, mm-hmm. as Christians, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's a uh, one of the verses, the sections that really caught my eye in, th- in thinking through this, just thinking about like mourning and weeping. And mm-hmm. um, in Ezekiel, it's a pretty obscure passage, but before Israel gets pulled into, before Babylon uh, pulls them into exile and destroys Jerusalem, uh, chapter 9, verse 3, then the glory of the Lord of Israel rose above the cherubim where it had been to the threshold of the temple. He called to the man clothed in linen with the writing equipment at his side. Passed throughout the city of Jerusalem, the Lord said to him, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men. Um, right, so he's marking his people. And then here's the modifier who sigh and groan over all the abominations committed mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. So these men that were set apart as, as, you know, these men of God, these holy marked men of God, yeah. were the ones who sighed and groaned about the abominations yeah. that were being committed in the, in, in the place that they lived. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And it, what's, what's, gut-wrenching in the SBC scenario is that those who sighed and groaned over the situation mm-hmm. were the ones marked to be run out. Sure, yeah. I mean, you think of the They were the ones who were silenced. Yeah. yeah. You think of the whistleblowers, you think of Russell Moore, you think of other, other folks who raised this issue and concern. Right. And what the leadership there did was go through and mark all of all of the people who need to be silent so we can right. maintain the status quo, right. let the abomination. And, you know, you, you reverse, and you know, head back a chapter in Ezekiel. In chapter 8, he has this vision of yeah. all of the elders of Israel bowing down to all of these enclaves in the temple, bowing before idols, right. like right in the heart of God's temple. Right. Like that's how broken the system was. That's yeah. how broken the, the community was. And yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a day of it's a day of grief. Yeah, it is it a is. day of grief. Um, and I do think you know it's also a, uh, an occasion, a call to action. Like so, what? And here's just 
caveat upon caveat. We do not have immediate, beautiful, flawless solutions for any of these <laughs> things, right? Yeah. We're not going to solve the problem on this podcast, but... Well, we're not going to solve the problem at all. I mean, like, no. to your point, the, the problem is judgment, final justice, yeah. where, yeah. I mean, all these things get settled yeah. ultimately. Absolutely. But I think we also can no longer be afraid of having reasonable conversations about, okay, so what could we do? Right. Like, we do this, I think we're less hesitant to have these conversations about the sex abuse scandal type stuff. I right. mean, most churches today have some sort of policy, safety policy in place, right. right? We do this at Stonebridge. We have a you know, relatively extensive safety policy about who's permitted to work you know, with trims, children, yeah. background checks, uh, all, you know, all sorts of things. Um, those policies are, again, the best they can do is restrain right. evil. Right. Uh, they cannot eliminate it. Right. You know, people who who want to commit these offenses uh, will find ways around yeah. all of the safeguards, and that's yeah. true for gun laws. It's true for yeah. safety policies. That's yeah, true. Um, which doesn't mean you don't come up with the best darn system you can. Sure. Right. Right. Um, and and I do think you know, figuring that out, like this is a good occasion for churches to review their safety policies, right. and and to think through like, are we are we doing enough to safeguard the well-being of our flock and especially the most vulnerable? Right. Uh, are we listening to people who blow a whistle or raise a flag? Or are we? And that's one of the hard parts. Like you, like you, you brought this up earlier. You know, seven hundred people. Others had to know, yeah. right? Well, and of course, we know that they did, or those yeah. names would have never made it to the executive committee to be stored into a secret box. Right. Um, but others had to know. And and you wonder, was what what caused them to keep operating? Was it uh, just a willful cover up? Was it a fear of messing up the status quo? Was it this? You know, I I can't believe you know I know John to be such a good pastor. He would never do something like that. And just a discrediting of you know, I'm sure there's a thousand scenarios, but asking ourselves. Are we prepared to ask hard questions? Yeah. And, and you know, obviously, this is, you can't turn this into a witch hunt, where every accusation is an automatic disqualification. No, but you can create it. You can create scenarios in which it would be less credible. Mm. Like if if there was an accusation, you would pretty much you would have a pretty good idea. Yeah, that guy doesn't even have the access to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. What well, and and to your, what you just mentioned about like why the cover up? I you know one of the stories that I was reading from one of the survivors was you know as she was uh, assaulted by this pastor was she she said that she actually told him you know she didn't want him to ruin his ministry. There there is this hmm. there is this really weird. Um. There is this really weird idea in circles that the pastor in his and who he is is almost bigger than the office. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that office is not sacred because of the guy who's nope. in it. Nope. You, you know, or the, you, you know, the, and the guy is not sacred because he's in the office. Correct. Like if it, it is astounding to me. It is astounding to me the lengths to which people will go to defend egregious sin 
because they're afraid of doing harm to the office. I mean, I, the I, I Zacharias ministry is another man, example of that, right? I just, yeah, but I just don't, I, I think it's just a terrible ecclesiology. Oh, absolutely. It, it shows the holes in what, you know, as much as, and it's just honest, maybe I'm spitballing too much, I might get in trouble. We <laughs> slam We slam on Catholicism, but I swear, like I've seen growing up and being in different church contexts, I mean, in some churches, the, the pastor's like the Pope. Yeah. Like what he says goes, oh, yeah. and nobody nobody does anything to challenge, even if it's sinful. Correct. Like even if it's, there, nobody challenges anything. That type of, and again, we don't have solutions, but but when when that person becomes bigger than Christ's church, the mm-hmm. body of Christ, bigger than the, the sum total of, yeah. of what the body is for, we got to go back and rethink yeah, some of that. Yeah, stuff. this whole, especially with the it, it, again, I think this can happen in any size church. I agree. In any context, yep. it makes the news when it happens in large churches is kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, but when you become too big to fail, mm. right? Either yep. you're you've built a ministry so dependent on your personality right. or your gifts or right. your presence. That you become too big to fail, like it, you know. Um, yeah, it's it, that. That's a that is a big red flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but I mean, but and back to the the thing underneath it, though. And again, we're just processing. Yep. <laughs> but um, but as we process, you know, as you process, you're going to hit points where you're like, hey. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do this. Maybe there's a lot of things that we mm-hmm. can do, but the core is still the same. Like if we are, if we move too quickly past the sorrow, yes, in the morning, and if we move too quickly to our response, I mean, another another thing that's true is the anger of man will never accomplish the righteousness of God. Right. Like it's appropriate for us to be angry, mm-hmm. but if we're operating from a position of anger and only anger. To think that we're actually going to be bring reform in the church, yep, it's not going to happen. Nope. So it has to be like process it, be angry, but then we need to move to a place where we're prayerfully seeking, yeah. you know, wisdom that must come from the Lord. Absolutely, the Lord. absolutely. And and I think that begins with the humble willingness to have a conversation about hard things. Right. Right. So easy, you know. We, we've got our camps, we've got our perspectives, we've got our knee-jerk reactions. Uh, even like just scrolling the dumpster of Twitter, which mm. more and more I think Ray Ortland is the wisest person in the world to get off of that thing. I'm not on there. Um, I've been on there in years. <laughs> but like, it's just amazing how many other issues get co-opted by mm. each crisis. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't... you. You know, uh, for instance, when the Roe v. Wade uh, decision was leaked earlier, which we still don't know what will happen right. with that. And, um, but it was amazing to see how many other... I mean, inter- intersectionality happens in every camp. Oh, like, sure. you can't support yeah. this unless you support XYZ, right. ABC. Right. Um, yeah, it's not just a progressive ideal. No, it's not. <laughs> and so, like, being willing to set aside my, my pets, right? And mm-hmm. let's have just a reasonable conversation about hard things. And I think for for conservative Christians, uh, gun control is one of those things that, friends, we need to have a reasonable conversation. Like, right. 
I'm a Second Amendment supporter, all of that. I don't think the answer is take away all of the guns and so on and so forth. You know, but, but we're not even allowed to have the conversation right now. Like, it's just kind of this, already the different can't, like, you get some people who are like, uh, so-and-so releases a statement about how grieved he is about the shooting, and the newspaper will say, and he's going to speak at the NRA next month, right, you know, yeah. as if that undercuts. Well, maybe, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But let's just, like, uh, again, how you can only hold your hand in the flame so long before you either blow it out or pull your hand out. Right. And we've got to figure out what to do because this is, the, the situation is un, untenable. We can't stay where we are. Are there rational, reasonable solutions that uphold Second Amendment rights while, because uh, right now, I was reading a really helpful article this morning, kind of looking at our modern gun laws are really good at, or as good as they can be, at keeping common crime right. away. You know, background mm-hmm. checks, uh, you think of gang violence, you think of, you know, um, they're not as good at keeping guns out of the hands of people who commit suicide mm-hmm. or mass shooters, right. because typically those people are not criminals up right. into the point moment they pull, so that the they pull the trigger. Yeah. And so are there things we can do, like red flag laws or different things like that that mental health that screening. can mental health screen. You know, you have to you have to do a you have to take a class and take a test before you can drive a car. You just right. have to turn a certain age before you can buy a gun. Right. Like are there some reasonable things that still uphold that right but can and I again, I don't have the solution. Right. But all I want all I'm saying is Let's let's have the conversation. Let's let's be willing to enter into look for solutions without just carving out our our typical territory. Well, with uh, with as far as the you know the the shooting is concerned, the difference the difference in my brain between the the uh, the situation with the abuse and the situation with the shooting is. Mm-hmm. Um, the complexity of the complexity of the laws that surround that, you know, things like shootings and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's so much more complex oh, than absolutely. being able to whittle that down into a one statement where you just drop the mic and walk off. There is no one statement that can do that. No. Yeah. And that's that's but there but in our in a lot of people's minds there is. Yeah. And and that's that's terribly, terribly unfortunate. Um and most of the guys that I know that are serious, you know, I all all things out in the open. I've got my concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, are feel, you packing right now? You don't. Have I'm to not right that. now. I'm not right now. <laughs> You're not a threat to me. But, uh, but in all, I mean, in all seriousness, like I want to protect my Absolutely. family. You know, I want to mm-hmm. protect my family. I feel like you know I have, I have the right to do that. I, I'm safe. I I know gun safety. I keep it locked mm. up. You know, but but the the point with that is like, but I also think. If we can do a better job, a better job of making sure that in like people who really have mental health yeah. issues and or just evil, like it as as much as we can do, if we yeah. can do more, great, let's let's do more. Yeah. But the overall thing is like I, I just get sick of if everybody's immediate opinion, yeah. and it's always like these. It always falls into like these two camps of typically, you know the very conservative and very progressive. Yeah. And then there's no, there's no, can we just stop and like, 
exactly pray exactly and both say this is terrible can we we can agree on one thing in both of these situations neither we wish neither of those would happen mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Absolutely. we can agree on that absolutely both are horrible so can we just stop there like let's give it can, can we give it like even just a week of us getting together on whatever side of the yeah. aisle you're on and just say can we all agree this is really horrible and without even having to feel like we got to release statements, like every, mm-hmm. we should just know that the person next to me, do you agree that this is horrible? Of mm-hmm. course you do. You yeah. should. Yeah. You know, but if, if we can't stop and process yeah. that, then we are losing not just our humanity, but we are losing what, what, the, 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 um, what actually makes us different as Christians. Mm-hmm. We yes. should be the most compassionate. Yes. We should be the most tenderhearted towards sin and evil because we know not only what it does to society, but what it costs the Savior to yeah. overcome. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And, and the other part is, like, you know, you, you mentioned this. I'm, I'm going to be preaching through Psalm 37 next weekend. Wickedness is not going to stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, no matter what you put into play, wicked people will find a way yep. to abuse people and to kill people. Mm-hmm. It will never stop. Until Jesus returns, those things will keep happening, and as far as Scripture seems to indicate, they'll get worse. Mm-hmm. So we just, we just have to be better about... Um, yeah. Holding, which, holding those intentions. Which obviously you're, you're not saying we resign ourselves to it. No, but we not cannot, at all. We cannot uh, fool ourselves into thinking that we can fix this perfectly. Right, and that our response, our, our initial response should always be, if we lose, our, if we lose compassion, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know what we have to offer the world. Amen, yeah. Right? Yep. I, I just don't, I don't understand. If we don't have grace and compassion, we, we've lost our ability to offer anything to the world that's meaningful. Yeah. So, yep, that's but, good. Well, you may have found something in here that you really uh, don't like and you want to send <laughs> us an email, that's fine. Um, but hopefully, I mean, we just, we hope that even just processing or hearing us process lets you know that we know we don't have the answers yep. and reminds you that you don't have the answers. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, we know that, that God does. Yes. Unfortunately, some of those answers we don't get to see until the other side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the moment, let's just Let's pray. Let's um, offer our hearts to God. Let's mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep, and uh, do our best to to continually pray for those families who um, have suffered at the hands of abusers and also for those families who have uh, lost children and loved ones and, and for healing in, in uh, both those situations. But um, stay in the Word and stay on your knees. Amen. Talk to you soon. <laughs>